Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. I'm going to tell you guys in advance. I'm so sorry. I'm not too macho. And I may not all know all the dad stuff, but I'm going to give you what I got. All right? <laughs> um, today we are celebrating dads. And, um, and we have a Dodger ticket giveaway that we're going to do at the end of the service. Woohoo! So all dads, we'll make sure when we get to that point that you... Um, See, what I'm doing is I'm keeping you here because if you really want tickets, you're not going to leave my message early. So I can keep you all day long if you really want those tickets. No, I'm teasing. Um, but at the end, we'll make sure that if you didn't get your name in, you get your name in. And if you have Dodger wear on, you get two chances in the raffle today, okay? Um, any baseball fans in the house? <laughs> Woohoo! All right. Well, I want to take a few moments this morning to talk to you about dad and baseball, all right? Now, my dad was not a sports spectator whatsoever. Do you know that I actually can't even recall ever, I don't ever remember seeing my dad watch a sport on TV, ever. I don't have any memories of him throwing a ball to me. Um, I don't have any memories of him encouraging me to be athletic. Nada, nothing. I did not come from a sports family, so don't judge me, all right? You're like, that's what's wrong with her. I knew something was off. <laughs> well, now you have it. Um, my dad was, though. He was an extremely hard worker. Um, he was a great provider, and he had a giving heart. And um, so I didn't grow up lacking. I just didn't grow up athletic. <laughs> and my love for baseball did not come from my dad, obviously. My love for baseball came from me being a little girl in elementary school, and our field trip of third grade was that we were going to tour the Cardinals Bush Stadium. And I was super excited because I knew nothing really that much about baseball other than watching kids play baseball at recess or in PE. And so I went and got to see all these amazing things and be told all these amazing facts about um, the players and the stadium and all of that. And I'm a history buff, so all of that just really resonated in me even as a child. And I, to, do you know, and I, I wanted to do this, but I would have had to have gotten up into the rafters and all of that, and yesterday was not a day to do that. But I actually still have my souvenir from that year of touring the stadium. Anybody want to guess what it is? I'll give you an extra ticket, dads, if you can guess what my souvenir was. Baseball bat, nope. Okay. <laughs> All right, if you said it and I didn't hear you, it was a pen, and the pen is shaped like a baseball bat. <laughs> Who got it? You got it? All right, make sure she, whoever's doing the tickets for me this morning, <laughs> make sure there's an extra ticket over there, um, or you make sure when it comes to. So I got this little pen shaped as a baseball bat that says St. Louis Cardinals on it, and I still have it. Um, and you can't live in St. Louis and not understand the love that this city has for baseball, for the Redbirds. And so through the years, I got to go to several games, uh, not because of my dad, but because of friends who would get tickets, and they would be like, we have a free ticket, would you like to go? And I was always up to going. And then eventually I started going with my family, as in Jonathan. 
Um, and I loved seeing everybody wearing their red shirts, piling into the stadium and the energy that came with that, right? Anybody, who all has been to a, a baseball game before? A live baseball game? Um, a pro game, anybody, pro game, yes. All right, so you guys know about the energy I'm talking about, right? When you see your team show up in their wear, their colors, there's an energy in the stadium. And um, I just stood in, in awe of that. And you anticipate to win, right? Does anybody go into the ball game anticipating to lose? No. no. You're like, eh, why did we even count? But you're anticipating to win. And I enjoyed eating the food. You know what? Um, my family really doesn't like hot dogs, but Abigail and I love hot dogs. <laughs> Abigail, like, every time we have hot dogs, she's like, can I have three? And I'm like, let's just start with one, and we'll, we'll work our way and see if you can handle three. People, she can handle four hot dogs, you know? <laughs> So I love the hot dogs. I love peanuts. I love that you have to crack the peanut open. I wanted to give peanuts today, but I was like, that'd be a mess, because if I'm very long, some of you might accidentally start peeling and eating the peanuts while I'm eating or while I'm speaking. Um, and so I loved that. I loved hearing the stadium songs. Um, you know, who doesn't like to hear that? Take me out to the ball game. And um, it's one, two, three strikes, you're out. You should all be singing now. Oh, yeah. All right. And so I loved all of that. Um, I loved, there's just something about the national anthem, right? Like, it's like this whole stadium of people comes from all different backgrounds and different, they're all different, but we all together stand and give honor and, and the national anthem. It's just, there's just something about all of it, right? How did I come to love all that and not be raised in a sports family? I don't know, but I did. And so, um, Today, I still cheer the Cardinals on. Don't anybody boo me and throw anything at me. Um, but I also cheer the Dodgers on because I'm in Dodger territory. So <clears throat> I root for them unless they're playing the Cardinals. Then we're a split household because Koa's really been raised in California. So he's more like Dodgers. And I'm like, I'm going to stay true to the cards if you're, they're against each other. But other than that, I do root for Cardinals, just so you know. And here's an interesting fact. Um, when Jonathan and I were seven years old, the Cardinals won the World Series. When Emmy was born, I have the newspaper from the day she was born, August 5th, 1999, Mark McGuire hit his 500th home run for the Cardinals. Um, when Emmy was seven, the, the Cardinals also won the World Series. When uh, the year that Koa turned seven, the um, Cardinals also won the World Series. So I thought it was going to be really cool last year. Abigail turned seven. Guess who won the World Series? <laughs> so maybe that's a sign for us. <laughs> because every time, I'm telling you, I was seven, Emmy was seven, Co was seven, and now Abigail broke it with the Dodgers. What better team for, for Abigail to break the, the thing with, right? So... There are a few things worth noting today in baseball that I want to share with you fathers, and really it's applicable to all of us. There's four things. One is perfection doesn't exist. No one is perfect. No player uh, gets a hit every time they're up to bat. No pitcher wins every game, and no one has a perfect season. But we really want that to happen, right? I think as fathers, you want to be a good dad. You want to be that perfect dad. You want to do the right things. And, and just like a player that's up to bat, you, every time you get up to bat, nobody ever wants to walk away and not have a hit, right? But reality is, no matter how great a dad you are, no matter how great a player you are, no matter what great team you are, 
you will have some less than perfect days and you'll make some mistakes and you'll have some regrets. And that's truth. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, Each time he said, my grace is all you need, my power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I love that because have you ever seen a player walk away and they're like, man, it was his fault that I didn't make this. Or it was, you know, all these blame games because you don't want to be less than perfect. But I love here in the scripture that we can actually boast that, yes, I am weak. And yes, I do have hardships. And yes, I do go through persecutions and I do have troubles. But when I am weak, he is strong. And as dads, I think that's really important for the pressure to be off of you to be perfect. Because we know that you're not going to be perfect. None of us are perfect. We're not going to all have the perfect household. What is the perfect household anyways? Isn't that according to whoever? <laughs> we sometimes see shirts that things say things like, world's best dad or best dad ever or number one dad. And I hope that today you have a warm and heartfelt admiration to your father, whether he is here or whether he is no longer here, not because he was perfect, because he was simply dad. And I know today I can say to you now that I'm on the side of what loss looks like on Father's Day. My dad was not perfect. He was simply my dad and I loved him. And so I get you this morning if you're here and your memories um, bring that sorrow to you. But I want to remind you <clears throat> that all those memories bring that joy to you today of what simply dad meant. And my prayer for you today is that you're not caught up as a dad here on earth because you're still here, dads. And your children and your spouse still have you. That you're not caught up in being perfect that you're not caught up with your failures and what you didn't do or what you wish you would have done or that you're not caught up comparing yourself to another dad that seems cool or seems like he's got it all together, but that you recognize the Lord is your strength and your weakness. And wherever you're lacking, wherever your hardships are, whatever you're facing, the Lord is your strength today. Amen? Um, and the cool thing about baseball fans is that regardless of a winning season or a losing season, they remain faithful, right? So even if your Dodgers lose, even if my Cardinals lose, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be a fan anymore. It doesn't mean I'm going to throw my shirts away. It doesn't mean I'm going to be like, ah, and talk bad about them. No, I remain faithful. And so as wives this morning to our spouses, the fathers of our children, or as children this morning, let us be encouraged to remain Faithful encouragers, cheerleaders, supporters of our dads, of our husbands. Um, not because they're perfect, but because we understand their value. And how many of you know your dads have great value? Amen? Number two is little things are big things. So have you ever seen a game literally transformed off of one bad pitch, an era, a RBI, it's one of those little things that can change the whole course of the game. And you're like, what? What just happened? Have you ever been in one of those games? Song of Solomon says it this way in uh, Song of Solomon 2.15. It says, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love. For the grapevines are blossoming. You've heard that saying, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. So dad's... 
you know, I think it's important to take preventative measures to protect anything that could harm your family. The things that others might overlook, the things that would uh, spoil the value of your family dynamic. Dads can have a way of being stern at times. Anybody have a stern dad at times? You don't have to raise your hand. But you know that look, that voice changes? I knew when my dad meant business. I knew when his voice changed and it was like, no, this is not going to be happening here. Not in my house, not today, no way. Because he recognized that there were little foxes that would spoil the vine. And it's important for us on the other end as children, as spouses, to be quick to listen to their advice and to follow their godly direction. Because the covering of a father is huge for us. And a good coach will try to prevent future errors and they'll work on technique, and they'll also encourage you when you had no control over what just happened. I don't even know sometimes in life we don't have control over what just happened. But when you have a good coach, he encourages you, and he lets you know, you know what, you didn't have control over that, but that's okay. Here's what I did see you do. And so um, they take that, and they encourage you, and they build you up. And I'm so thankful for fathers, fathers that I see even in this building today, who I've heard you and watched you encourage your children and build them up when they had no control over circumstances, no control over what happened in their life or with sickness or different things that they've walked through. You build them up and encourage them. I've also seen you help prevent errors by trying to create warnings. How many fathers in the house have warned their children? Don't do that. I'm telling you, if you go that direction, it's not going to be good. And you gave them all the advice you could to help them because you didn't want to see them go down a path that you knew would lead them in the wrong direction. I've seen you work on techniques and, and, and provide, make tools and provide tools to help your children. Thank you, dads, for doing that. Because truly it is the little foxes that can spoil the vine. And I know that you want your families to flourish. The third thing is patience is required. So there's a lot of waiting. And how many of you know waiting can be boring, especially in baseball? How many of you have been to, like, the longest baseball game ever? I forget. I looked it up this year. I don't remember if it was, like, 18 innings long. Does anybody remember how long the longest baseball game has went? Is it 18 innings? You guys don't care about that kind of information? I'm a bitter, bigger fan than y'all. So it's something ridiculously long. Can you imagine sitting through like 18 innings of a baseball game? I hope you brought a lot of snacks. Um, it can be so boring. And here's the truth. In baseball, batters wait for the pitch, fielders wait for the ball, and fans wait for that home run, right? Yet if we don't pay attention, we can miss a great opportunity. We can get ahead of ourselves or we can give up. So dads, I want to remind you today to keep trusting and keep waiting on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Trust the Lord as a dad with your desires. Trust the Lord with your dreams. Trust the Lord with your children. Trust the Lord with your spouse. Trust your Lord on the job. Trust the Lord with your calling. Trust the Lord with your health. And don't allow the enemy to distract you in the waiting. Don't get ahead of what God is doing and don't give up because he is in the waiting. And so as a dad, as hard as that can be, just be patient. 
And I'm reminded of um, the last Cardinals game that I actually went to. We took the kids, um, and it was in the new stadium. So they, they have a new stadium, and I had never been to the new stadium. And um, it was a slow, boring game from the get-go. And it kept raining, and we kept getting rain delays, and they would pull the stuff over the field, and they would pull it back, and then we'd start the game, and then it would stop, and then we're like, this is terrible. Like, and we were so excited to take the kids. We were like, all right, guys. And so our patience was totally being exercised. Jonathan does not like to be patient. If you did not know that, then now you do. Um, and so we ate every snack imaginable. We're like, nachos, cotton candy, peanuts, hot dog. Is there anything left that we haven't had? <laughs> and so it was just dragging, dragging, dragging. And Jonathan said, I, how about we just go ahead and leave because um, then we can beat the traffic. Now, that sounded like my dad. I'm like, you're like my dad right now, all about getting out of here, beating the traffic, getting on the road. And I was like, no. We cannot do that. And I knew that we could not do that because I know baseball, I know the Cardinals, and we got to stick it out till the end. How many of you know it's hard to stick it out till the end sometimes? <laughs> Spiritually, sometimes it's like, let's just get the show on the road, God. Like, let's just do something. Like, you're not moving quick enough for me. And I think as a father, sometimes it can be really difficult when you, you give your kids the tools and you and you're, you're coaching them, and you're, you're helping them, and you're not seeing that outcome fast enough. Well, here we were, the last of the game, bases loaded, grand slam, the Cardinals won, fireworks go off, and we would have missed all of that if we would have left to beat the traffic. And so I was like, uh-huh, this is why we could not leave. And I wanted the kids to have the experience of being in the stadium and the fireworks going off and the crowd getting excited. So we stuck it out. And so I just want to remind you, um, I think the worth, the, the weight was, how do you say it? It was worth the weight, I think even more so because we endured because we stuck it through. And how many of you know sometimes the end result is so much greater when you keep digging and you keep pressing and you keep waiting. So dads, don't give up. A celebration is coming and you're in it to the end. See, that's the thing about the, base, the baseball games. You're in it till it's done. You don't just get to quit. And so um, as you're parenting, as you're continuing on, you know, dads, your kids may be out of the house. You're still dad. You're still dad, and they still need you. And maybe your kids are in the house, and you're frustrated over some things that you would like to see different. Just be patient. Just keep waiting. Just keep encouraging them. Maybe you've put some dreams and things on the back burner as a father. You know, I, I, I think it's, I guess it's okay to say this. It's me. Uh, I think it's cute when I see fathers that are still big kids. Some of you wives are like, no, it's not. <laughs> But I love it because it says they still have life in them, right? How many of you like fathers that have life in them, that still care about whatever it is that they're into? Maybe it's fishing. Maybe it's, it's baseball. Maybe it's rodeo. Maybe, whatever it is, that they still get excited to buy what I call their little big toys. You know, they cost a lot more money. That doesn't excite me. But I still think it's great to see those passions and those desires. And maybe, Dad, you're here today and you've set some things because you knew, like, hey, I had, to, I had to set some of that on the back burner, but I just want to encourage you to be patient. 
to continue holding out and not give up on your dreams, not give up on your own pleasures, because God created you that you could enjoy the fruit of your labor. Amen? All the wives should say amen, because we have husbands that work really hard, and it's not easy being a dad and having that label as father and head of the house and provider and all the stresses that come with that. One of the great things they can do is actually be able to enjoy the fruit of their labor. So I pray that over you as fathers today, that you can enjoy the fruit of your labor. And maybe if it's not the season for that, just be patient and hold out because there will come a time where you can. The fourth thing is the game is played alone and together. So in baseball, every player matters as an individual, but yet it's the team who wins or loses. And in our spiritual walk, it's much the same. You matter as an individual. You matter as a father. You come up to the bat or to the, the, the um, plate, <laughs> thank you, by yourself. And you stand as a man on your own. But you also play for the team, for your family. Your role is unique because you are the family influencer and you are responsible for yourself and the family, and the big picture is for the kingdom of God. Um, so, as a father, what are your spiritual disciplines? What are you doing as an individual for your family? What are you doing to enhance who you are as a man of God, who you are as a father? And um, are you stepping up to the plate well-practiced and ready to go? I know for me, when I watch my kids play sports, um, if I see that they are lacking and they're not like, ah, oh, they don't want to get up to practice, they don't want to go to practice, it's too hot, they're slacking, what do we do as parents? We kind of tell them like, hey, got to have a better attitude, or hey, you need to prepare yourself. And they think, I just wing it. How many of you like that comment? I just get up there and do my thing. No. And as dads, you can't just wing it and just, ah, it'll just be what it'll be. Just, I'll just do my thing. But remembering who you are in Christ, that you are an influencer. And so there are some things that you need to do as a father that will help enhance you, but also for the family unit so that your family unit can flourish. And not just your family unit, but the bigger picture that we are all a part of the kingdom of God. And you have a role in the kingdom of God. And we know that the end result is we are on the winning team. There's going to be a huge hoorah and celebration because we are the victorious team, right? And so you want to do your part as part of the team and as for your household and for yourself as an individual. So Joshua 24, 15, I know Jonathan has used this a lot. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And I love this because it kind of brings it back, the God that your ancestors served. So it does not matter this morning if you are here and you were not raised in church or you didn't come from a godly family, you still get to choose today. You get to make the choice to choose God, even if you didn't come from a family that choose God. And it says, and, or will you choose the gods of what, where we're living, the times we're living in, and the things that are going on? Will you choose to follow that, or will you choose to follow me? So it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter where we're living and the time we're living in. 
will you choose to follow God? Will you choose to be the one that says, I choose. As for me, as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. And as for my household, we, our team, if you want to call it that this morning, we are going to serve the Lord. Um, I can tell you, I didn't come from a home where my dad chose to serve the Lord. I was in my 20s before my dad ever walked into a church. And I do remember, I was thinking of this over the weekend because I was like seeing people post about their dads. And of course, we've been on vacation. I knew it was Father's Day coming up. But um, I was like, oh, oh, that's right. It's Father's Day. And then the very first thought that comes to my mind is, that's right. I don't have a father anymore. And I was starting to think about that and just like, oh, you know. And one of the memories that popped back to my head was the fact that I remember being a teenager serving the Lord, and I, I served the Lord because my mother raised me that way. And going on my second missions trip, and for whatever reason, fear had just started to come over me. And I thought, what if I die? I mean, I'm going to be in the middle of the jungle, and I could contract a disease, or like something terrible could happen to me. And so what if I die? And I remember just thinking, you know, well, I, if I die, I just want my family, I want to know that I'll still see my family. Isn't that really what we worry about? in death. It's not that we won't ever eat a hamburger again or a Dodger dog again. It's not that we won't be in a stadium. It's that we want to see the ones we love, right? And so I went to my dad, and I can't imagine. I was 16 years old, and I went to my dad, and I said, look, dad, I just want to say it like it is right now, because my dad and I had that kind of relationship. I said, um, so I'm going on this trip, and I know he never liked for me to do it anyways. So it was very difficult for my dad to let me do the things that I did in ministry. Um, but I thank God that the Lord softened his heart enough not to say no. And so he allowed me to do these mission trips. And he knew I was leaving for a month going into the middle of the Darien jungle. And I said, you know, just in case I die and I don't come back, I just want to know that you're okay with the Lord. Because if you're not okay with the Lord and I die, then I'll never see you again. But if you are okay with God then we'll be good and we'll see each other again. <laughs> and I can't imagine what was running through my dad's head. That was my way of giving the salvation message to my, the, my dad at 16 years old. <laughs> In our own little jargon, you know, and my dad said to me, we're good. He said, I'm good. And I said, so you're good because, like, you do believe the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior. <laughs> and he reassured me, and I said, okay. And then I went on, and obviously I'm still here today. Um, but through the years, God worked on my dad's heart. And, and um, he, little by little, became to a place where he realized, I have to, I am a player on my own, and I have to make some choices as a father. My dad wasn't perfect. I'm sure he had regrets. I'm sure he wished that he had raised us differently. Um, but I can say to you that um, when he took his last breath and I had the joy of being there with him, um, today I'm not sorrowful, but I am so thankful that my dad knows Christ and I get to see him again. And the end of the game is really that, right? That, that we need to, you can all be a pro dad, and, and I stole this from Chris McFetridge. He um, had shared this with Jonathan and I one day. A pro dad is a dad that prays, a dad that reads, and a dad that obeys. And this morning, you can make that choice to be a pro dad, a dad that prays, who knows the Father, a dad that reads the word and gets the word in him that he can turn around and give that word out 
and a dad that obeys God and makes choices to live for righteousness and your house be a righteous household. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says this, And you must love the Lord God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. And then it says, Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you're getting up. And I want to leave that with you dads today, that you would... Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And that you would commit yourself wholeheartedly as an individual player. That you would commit your family as a household, as the team, to the Lord. And that the big picture is that we are the winners as the kingdom of God, as a part of the kingdom of God. We are victorious. And in order for us to keep our household positioned correctly, in order to keep the team together, in order to keep the team encouraged, we have to, you have to teach your children and talk about it. And maybe you're not too comfortable talking about the Lord, but I want to encourage you to do that because as you talk to your children about the Lord, maybe you don't know a lot. That's all right. Start with what you do know. And as you learn more, you can teach more. And maybe your children will teach you things. I taught my dad a lot of things about the Lord. He would ask me questions, and we would talk about it, and it was really cool because I have great memories of what it was like to converse about God with my dad. And so I want to encourage you to talk about the Lord. I want to encourage you to um, to find yourself in a place where you recognize being a pro-dad is super important. Amen? They're coming to play a little bit of music, and I'm going to pray over you. That's my message today, guys. Um, I am super thankful, and if I had a, a, a Bible, I gave you scripture, but if I had a Bible story for you to go back and to look at or read, it would be, um, it would be Abraham. Because when I look at Abraham, I see a righteous man of God, a father, who the Lord said, you'll be the father of many nations, Right? And in order for him to do that, Abraham had to make some big choices. One, he had to move away from his family. He had to go to what was unknown. He, he led his family to make choices that were not easy. And sometimes as dads, you have to lead your family to make choices that aren't easy for them as individuals or aren't easy for you as a family. Abraham supported Sarah. He knew he loved her and he knew her desire was to have a child. And they walked through a long life of, I'm sure, many discussions of why God, why God, why God, why not? Why isn't this happening? They walked through some hard stuff for years. And there's some dads here that you've walked through some hard things with your wives. And I can tell you as a spouse, thank you. Thank you for walking through the hard things with your wife. Thank you for being there when they cry. Thank you for being there to support them in their dreams. See, Abraham supported her was a support to her with her dreams and her visions and her desires. Being a dad isn't easy. And then God gifted him not only Sarah with a child, but it was their child together, the blessed child. And, and then God said, I want you to take and sacrifice the very thing you prayed for, the very thing you wanted, the very thing I gave you. I want you to take it and lay it down. And you know what, dads, it can be hard to lay down the things that God has given you lay down jobs, to lay down dreams, to lay down things and say, Lord, here it is because you're requiring it of me. But because I love you and because I know you have a plan and a purpose for me, I give back to you what you've given to me. I lay it all down to you. 
exactly what Abraham did. And I can't imagine Isaac as he went through that walk. You see, something that sometimes we don't catch because in Sunday school it's like, oh, Isaac was a little boy. No, he was a big boy. He was the one carrying the wood. He wasn't a tiny child. He had that wood strapped on and he carried the wood. He was old enough to say, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't going with you and throw the wood at his dad and kill him. But he didn't because he trusted his dad. He knew his dad was a man of God. He knew his dad was a leader. He knew his dad was trustworthy. And he followed his dad all the way. And when he kept saying, well, when he said to him, you know, well, where's the sacrifice going to come from? Abraham kept reassuring the Lord will provide. He had a faith. And there's something about a dad with faith. So I didn't grow up with a dad with faith. But later in life, I met my dad of faith. There's something about a dad of faith that can bring a peace to a home that a mom can't really bring, guys. Mom is a nurturer. Mom's a lover. We love our moms. But when daddy says, when he creates this faith for a home, there's a covering and a blessing to your children. Isaac trusted Abraham. And he continued the journey all the way. And guess what? The Lord provided you this morning, fathers, to be men of faith, to lead your family all the way up the mountain, through the valley, through the hard times, trusting in God, confessing to them, even when you're scared, even in your imperfections, God will provide. He's the one we can trust. Stand to your feet. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.